This podcast is brought to you by Sipla Foundation and Score Foundation. Hi, my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations. My guest today is Tiffany Brar, a young lady from Tiruvannantapuram. Uh, we'll get to know more about her as we proceed with this conversation. Hi, uh, Tiffany, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Tiffany, while reading about you in uh, your Wikipedia page, I realized that your full name is Tiffany Maria Brar. That's an unusual name. Would you like to uh, speak a little bit about it? Uh, yes, it is an unusual name, as you say, uh, because my parents, of course, had an interstate or intercaste marriage. My father being a Sikh, uh, General Brar, TPS Brar, and my mother, Leslie, being an Anglo-Indian. Uh, so they named me Tiffany Maria, and of course, Brar is my last name. I uh, I had my primary education in England for the first two years as my father was posted there, and then I uh, came to Kerala. My father's posting was here, and then I continued uh, staying in Kerala, and I w- and I studied in various schools: the blind schools, the integrated schools, uh, the Kendra Vidyalaya, of course, which was not specialized for blind people, and uh, I underwent many challenges. Um, with respect to discrimination and so on. Yeah. So before we proceed any further, I was also reading that when you were six months old, uh, you had uh, something called, uh, or you were affected by something called the Terry syndrome. Uh, would you like to throw some light on that? Um, quite honestly, I'm not so sure about that because I did have some problem with my lungs, as I was told by my parents. Of course, at the age of six months, you only listen to what you're told. Yeah. Uh, and um, I was given an overdose of oxygen. And um, due to this, I became blind. Uh, so that is what my parents say. And that is what the doctors have told them. So I really uh, cannot uh, shed light on uh, the Terry syndrome uh, because I have not uh, really heard of this term. Right. So uh, you uh, had the privilege of uh, starting your e- education in the UK. Uh, do you have any uh, recollections of that? Uh, yes, of course, I do have recollections of that. It was a very uh, inclusive setup. And uh, I had a resource teacher, especially for me, uh, who used to teach me Braille, who used to enable me to sit in the class with the other sighted students. But at the same time, I was given specialized attention. Uh, I was made to learn things by doing. I was given a lot of toys, a lot of uh, things to explore my creativity. I loved water. We were taken swimming. We were taken to caves and tunnels. And uh, it was a very, very inclusive setup. We did a lot of things with Velcro. I even learned... um, a lot of things, uh, a lot of things just by using my hands, not so much of rote learning like we do here in India. But of course, uh, after the two years, um, during my first standard, uh, second standard, I think my father had to come back. Your dad uh, was in the army and uh, obviously he had to travel around across the country. You moved from location to location. Uh, how did that impact you? 
Well, it did impact me a lot because when we settled in one location, it was time to jump up and go to the next location. Now, for a visually impaired person, it's very difficult because you hear people's voices. You begin to trust people. You learn the language of that particular place. Uh, you learn how to orient in your school, in your familiar surroundings, in your house. You learn a lot of things. You get orientated with a certain environment. And then, of course, you have to change the environment when you've just about got settled. So it did impact my life a lot. But at the same time, it impacted it in a positive manner because I was able to observe a lot of cultures, hear different languages, hear different people, hear different kinds of music, learn different kind of perspectives about life. Like some people ate this or in some places, some people ate that or some people listened to this kind of song or some people listened to that. So these kind of things really uh, brought an intercultural kind of exposure in me. And I really thank the army and my dad and everyone for that. I believe uh, I was reading that you are fluent in uh, five, was it five Indian languages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say five. Which are, uh, which are, these, five, which are these five languages? Well, of course, Hindi and English goes because, uh, I mean, those are the main languages. And of course, Malayalam, as I live in Kerala and I was raised for, for the better part of my life in Kerala and Tamil. And Nepali, uh, because I was in Kalimpong in the Mary Scott Homes for the Blind. I was there for three years. And uh, I can understand Marathi a bit because my dad was in the Maratha regiment and we had Marathi help. You've uh, also studied in uh, exclusive blind school. You've studied in integrated school and you've also studied in a Kendriya Vidyalaya. You also mentioned that you studied in a military school. Uh, yeah, army school. Yeah, army school wearing. So yeah, this, this, uh, so uh, would you like to briefly kind of uh, compare and contrast your experiences? Well, actually, uh, the first experience I had in a school which did not know how to handle blind people was uh, appalling. It was like a nightmare. I was just made to sit at the back bench and I was told, you know, sit, stand, you know, that kind of thing. I was asked to sharpen other children's pencils. And when I, uh, of course, in my class, once the teacher was just asking us some GK questions, capitals of countries and states and all that. And um, I said the capital of India is Delhi, of course. And uh, the, my classmate who was cited said it's Calcutta. And oh. I said, well, she's not studied. She's cheating. I mean, you know, and mm. and my teacher said, no, it's you. You you have made her say Calcutta so that you can get the right answer. And I was like, this is absurd. And actually, she threw me out of the class for that. I can't remember the teacher's name and I don't want to mention the name of the school. <laughs> but uh, this was the experience that I did have. And it was very discriminating. And then uh, in most of the games period, I would hear my classmates shouting and throwing balls and doing this and whistling. And, and I was just I mean, what kind of nonsense was that? I mean, why wasn't there any adaptive physical education, any sound balls, any things like there were in England or any things like there were? But of course, in the Kalimpong Blind School, we were allowed to run and we were allowed to because we were all blind. So, you know, there was not so much exclusion there. But we had to, I mean, fetch water from the stream. We had to do various things. And we learned also a lot of things. Uh, the students staying at the hostel had to do a lot of manual tasks. Of course, I was going home because my home was there. I mean, my father was posted there. But I also wanted to stay in the hostel and learn a lot of manual tasks and things like that. It was, uh, you know, it was a wonderful experience. And then, of course, um, uh, Jorsa, I'd like to shed light when uh, the time when I met you in my 10th standard when my father had tried to enroll me in uh, the Palikodam, prestigious Palikodam in Kotayam in your hometown yeah. and uh, that's how I met you and um, I was 
I'm really sorry to say, but that setup was also not for me. I couldn't complete my 10th standard there, of course, because they did not actually know how to handle a blind person. Um, I was admitted in a in a school called Giridipam, which was nearby because I had already completed my 9th standard from the state syllabus. And um, I was happy in the school where I was in Tiruvannandapuram. It was a government school, but uh, my relatives took it in their head that I must study in a high funda school, which did not really work out for me. I mean, the teachers were good but the setting didn't work out I was not allowed to stay in the dormitory with the other students I was made to stay in a separate room teachers would come and help me and teach me but it was not a very inclusive setup and after two months I left that place and I studied in Trishur uh, where it was again an integrated setup but the, but the conditions of the school were of the integrated schools were really really not so good the resource teachers sometimes they would come on time sometimes they would not come on time sometimes we would get braille notes sometimes not and and uh, we would not get, but at least we had other blind children around. We had some kind of setup there. And then, of course, I went to the military school, the army school, Wellington, where uh, my father's assistant uh, used to help me write my notes. I mean, he's like my Rocky brother. So he used to help me. And of course, my classmates were also very enthusiastic to see my Braille and my Braille slate and stylus and how I was taking down notes. And they too used to uh, take a lot of pains for me. Uh, and I passed my CBSE board exam with 81%. And then I came back here to college here in Trivandrum. And uh, the college was also an integrated setup. There was no help, of course, for blind people. So we couldn't do any library references or anything like that. It was very difficult to get notes. And I had a back exam also, which I had to write one year later because I couldn't get proper notes and proper references and all that. So it was very so difficult, college education also. So, so the equal opportunity cells that people talk about today was non-existent at that point of time, I guess, in the college. Yes. If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness, please share the Iway National Toll-Free Helpline number 1-800-5320-4. The number is 1-800-5320-469. So, uh, when did you first uh, uh, get onto the computer and, uh, and, and what was your response to it? I first got onto the computer in 2009 after my college when I met Sabria Tinbergen, uh, the founder of Braille Without Borders. I met her through a neighbor of mine and I met her and I realized that she was using a pronto. Uh, I mean, with a Braille display, of course, uh, but prontos were not in our league, of course, they're very expensive and they were not available in India. In those days, there were no refreshable braille displays and things like that in India. Yeah. And I was very fascinated with this device. And then I met a person called Mr. Balaraman, uh, who is a national level chess player and who's a very, um, I mean, famous blind person in the Kerala community for access technology. And he too was working with Sabria and Paul. And um, he taught me my basics of computers. Uh, um, and also how to use a Nokia phone with talks. And I really felt integrated to the world because when my father was using a buttoned cell phone in the year 2007 and 8, uh, I was like, okay, when will I use this? You know, And um, 
everyone, even my college mates were like sneaking cell phones in their bags and bringing them to college and talking to their boyfriends and all that. And I also wanted to do the same thing. But of course, I had to show, uh, I, I mean, if I had to use a cell phone, I would have to show my cell phone to others. And, you know, I wouldn't have any privacy. So I decided, okay, I'm not doing it till there are proper cell phones for the blind. And of course, in 2009, I started using one. And then I got a job at Braille Without Borders as a receptionist and the Braille uh, uh, layout as assistant and I learned everything uh, I mean subsequently I learned mobility also from National Association of the Blind Bangalore but then I couldn't really use it because I had people around me uh, I had my helper Didi Vinita who is like a mother to me and she impacted me uh, like you know the Makila Jautam Sikho and all that she's a Tamil uh, lady but she left her army job in, in Wellington and she came with us to Kerala so she mentored me a lot that you know you should work you should do everything and if I started doing something she would taunt me and challenge me and say okay you can't do this or you can't do that and that would give me the zest that okay I can and I will and uh, yes it's uh, basically after meeting other blind people in an international level from Braille Without Borders that I really gained a lot of confidence. Tiffany uh, you've uh, lived in different places both in India and abroad and uh, You've studied and uh, experienced, as you very rightly said, uh, different cultures and so on. How easy or difficult was it for you to connect and make relationships with people your own age or people around you? It was very difficult because we were shifting and all that. So I couldn't make, it's only after my 10th standard that I could really make uh, friends, you know. Um, and then, of course, I kept in touch with a few of my friends from school. And now, of course, there's social media and Facebook and things. So I found everyone and all that. But it was very difficult also being a blind person in, an in, in a sighted uh, setting because I only studied, I only got that blind school environment uh, in Trishur uh, in my 10th and, uh, of course, in Kalingpong. And, uh, but otherwise, I was in a lot of sighted uh, settings. And, of course, I was excluded a lot so I couldn't make much connections until much later in life and then of course my friends who worked uh, in Braille Without Borders um, the social entrepreneur students I mean participants who used to come and study social entrepreneurship there I also did the course of social entrepreneurship and I met a lot of people there and then of course I used to go to the National Association of the Blind here in, uh, in Trivandrum I used to help with the Braille Press there and I and I started making friends but it was very very challenging because I could not gel with a lot of people uh, because of my intercultural background also and because of my neither belonging to the blind world or to the sighted world. You've uh, started this organization called the Jyotir Gamaya Foundation. What prompted you to do that? Well, I was uh, running a, a project, a pilot project in Brave Without Borders called a mobile blind school and uh, I was traveling to houses of blind people, training them in their houses at the eyes of their parents in front of the very eyes of their parents. And we were like, uh, me and another colleague of mine uh, who used to work with me there, Anish, uh, we used to um, do this kind of work. And he, in fact, told me that, you know, you can do better, you know, don't just stick to this, you know, try and do something different. And um, uh, I met other blind people there who had started their own organizations. I mean, who had studied from Kantari. And I said, well, they're all starting their projects and I'm still here. And, you know, why can't I also do something different? And why can't I start a residential uh, 
training setup. So actually what we did is um, another volunteer from the National Service Scheme, Anish and myself and a few others, we went to conduct a camp in Cochin and we conducted this camp in somebody's house. We carried laptops on backpacks. Uh, we carried braille slates, styluses. Or we carried all these things by train and uh, we had to then travel by bus. And um, then we reached this person's flat. We got this flat only for two days and we called blind people to stay there and to learn uh, the basic computer. So we had to actually sit on the floor. The laptops had to be kept on the floor and we had to teach like that. And then we had a few makeshift chairs, some folding chairs. And then we kept on doing these kind of camps in various districts, wherever we got venues. And um, then I decided, okay, I want to do more. So I, uh, so uh, then I spoke to my father, I spoke to a few other well-wishers and, um, uh, and then of course we found a rented building and uh, we started with two students there and then people were not coming at all. And then we started with three and four and five. And then we shifted to a better building recently in 2019. We wanted to start a preschool, but then we couldn't do that. And uh, now we conduct six months empowerment training courses where we teach access technology. Mr. Balraman, uh, sir, who was in Brave Without Borders, is also now on board with me. And uh, another friend of mine who was an NSS volunteer is there. Anish, of course, has left. He's gone abroad. Uh, so a lot of people uh, other than that joined, a lot of school volunteers, a lot of other people joined. They helped wherever they could. And uh, we uh, now have a six-month training course where we teach basic and advanced computers like uh, Notepad, Word, Excel, Internet, Gmail, sound editing, all these kind of things, Windows and Linux installation and um, Android, uh, Apple, all these things we teach with orientation mobility like they do in other organizations but we give them a family atmosphere we give them a fully fledged residential setup we take the students on trips adventure trips i have a donor mr sundar who always takes us to adventure places like happy land and for rope riding rope climbing and uh, i also had a friend who came from germany to india patrick kaiser and he taught he introduced the concept of tandem cycling to our students and i have also done paragliding and skydiving, paragliding in Darjeeling and skydiving in uh, Belgium when I had gone there for an internship uh, of a European Union funded program called Strength Through Solidarity. So I'd gone there in 2016 and 17. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org org.in please note www.scorefoundation.org.in you know i was also reading that uh, you've got many many uh, recognitions and many awards but what stood out in my mind was the holman prize which is i think given by the lighthouse for the blind in uh, california and uh, I also had spoken to somebody else who had received this prize a few years ago. Uh, so I was interested in knowing what did you get this Holman Prize for and what is the challenge that you've taken on in the process? Well, um, the Holman Prize is a very prestigious prize and I'm happy to be one of the first Indians to receive this Holman Prize. Uh, however, I received it at a very unfortunate time at the time of the pandemic. Um, I had proposed to conduct... A, mobile school training in all the four states, uh, Kerala, Karnataka, Andhra, and Tamil Nadu uh, for blind people. As I was doing earlier, Reaching the Unreached, it was a mobile blind school project. Uh, so 
so i did solve part of the challenge i did not complete the full project uh, because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and the restrictions and the hygiene concept so i could only uh, stretch my dis- uh, my training within kerala and only to a very limited number of people and then we enrolled them here in our residential setting so what we were doing is um i and another colleague of mine we were traveling to uh, other districts of kerala especially calicut and malappuram and uh, we were staying with these children uh, these students youths basically from 18 to 35 and uh, we were tra- bringing them back to our center talking to their parents bringing them back to our center and giving them training here because we could not stay in their houses or stay in those areas due to lack of facilities due to the pandemic closed organizations other organizations that we had relied on to stay and for other things were closed so of course and then we also did some food distribution and uh, i spoke with the lighthouse people and they completely understood uh, tiffany uh, what are your areas of interest what is what is the kind of hobbies that you pursue when uh, you're kind of saying okay let me put up my feet So what are the kind of hobbies that you kind of pursue? Well, one is listening to a lot of podcasts of a lot of people and uh, that's why I do follow the iWay uh, podcast and um of course I I I also listen to a lot of audio books, a lot of women centric books because I also work for gender rights and gender activism also. And uh, and I I I'm also now pursuing a course in accessibility testing from Deak University so I do that work. I want to learn counseling as well so I'm trying to do that. Uh, I'm I'm trying to do a lot of things but otherwise mostly of course I'm teaching my students I'm uh, involved in government programs. Uh I'm doing a lot of yeah so I don't really have much time to put my feet up. So uh what are your aspirations meaning what is your vision say where would you like to be? vis-a-vis yourself and your work say 20 years down the line well i really don't think about 20 years down the line but i'll just give you a broad vision i would like to see kerala as an accessible state for people with disabilities as it's uh, one of the first states that uh, really have a lot of uh, organizations for people with disabilities and it has also received a national award recently uh, so i i would i would like to make kerala more accessible through activism through talking through various government programs i would like to um bring a lot of blind people to the forefront um, make them technologically empowered um enable them to remove the stigma of that i can't use the white cane i have inhibitions to remove the inhibitions of at least my students i'm sure i can't change the 15 million blind people all over india but i can change a handful of them and i can i cannot do everything but i can do something you know and uh, i would like to do whatever i can um empower blind people what we recently did is i'm um, just speaking um, a little bit out of the box we had a 40 year old lady from alappuzha district and she has just uh, lost her eyesight and she's also lost her husband tragically and um she just did not have any hope about life so we brought her to our center this is very recently uh, and um, she stayed here for 6 months she learned how to use a smartphone she started learning how to um, send whatsapp messages and telegram messages and uh, listen to songs and devotionals on youtube and uh, then she said and she was not using the cane she was using an umbrella to walk and then we said suja you have to use a cane this is what we use as blind people this is our identity 
So then she started using it. We started teaching her mobility. Then she went home for her holidays. And then the day before she was supposed to come back after Christmas, uh, she called me and she said, okay, I'm boarding a bus tomorrow. And uh, please, uh, I mean, tell me the directions. And I said, okay, from Alipura, you can board this bus. You'll reach Trivandrum, uh, I mean, Tambanur uh, main bus stand. You can get down and then we'll come and pick you up. But before we could pick her up or anything, she had got down at the main, at the central bus stand and she had got an auto and she was asking directions to come to the center. So that's really, really something that I think I was really able to do during this time. Yeah, that's real uh, transformation, I must say. And uh, especially when a person is 40, you know, it's, it's uh, yes. older, you, older you get, it's difficult to make the change. Wonderful. And we have also transformed uh, young boys who were totally uneducated, a 27-year-old Vinod who was from Karnagapalli and uh, Anish who was from Trivandrum. Uh, they both wrote their 12th exam from Sakshartha Mission Open uh, School of Kerala. And um, um, one of them got admission for degree and the other is working now in Kerala Federation for the Blind as a sound editor. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Tiffany, for giving me the time. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you and knowing a little bit about your life, your journey and your work. All the best. So I'd just like to add one thing. Uh, thank you, George, sir. And I would like you to please uh, spread the word about uh, the Jodhir Gamaya Foundation. We do welcome students from other states, other blind people. We can, we can, we are able to give them a fully-fledged uh, four to six-month training in computers, in mobility, in yoga. And we can also give them a lot of outdoor experiences, a fully-fledged family atmosphere, a new atmosphere of Kerala. Our website is jodhirgamayaindia.org. And uh, if anyone uh, does want my contact, of course, it's 903704 This is our office number. We are, we are in Trivandrum. And if anyone wants to come and study or learn or just visit our organization in Trivandrum, you're always welcome. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Sipla Foundation and Score Foundation. Yeah, Roshani, 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 Roshani,